Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast. For each week, we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Above the Bar podcast. It's your host, Sean. We have bellied up to the bar today. I hope you got yourself ready. I hope you got your thinking caps on. I hope you have your best person next to you, whoever they may be. We have brought, and and I'm, I mean, Don will have to correct me, but I think he's been a pastor. He, well, we talked about this before. He baptized Moses. Now, but Don Don Ford is joining us. Don has been a pastor for four, was a pastor for forty five years, and through that learned counseling, learned how to talk to people, learned how to things. And he has changed his moniker. He's now Coach D. He's belling up to the bar with us today. He's going to be talking to us about what he calls affordable relationship counseling. So, everybody, welcome Coach D. Don Ford to the bar. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Sean. It's great to be on your show. Really appreciate the access to folks who follow you faithfully. And uh, you're a pretty popular guy. I've checked up on you. So thanks a lot for the honor. Please tell my children and my wife that and everyone. Okay, else. I will. Because <laughs> they they all know nobody believes that I'm a popular guy. Well, we appreciate you joining us here, Don. Let's go ahead and get the uh, little bit of house cleaning done, get some things done and taken care of here. As always, folks, we got the big sign over over my right shoulder for sticker and a cause. If you've got something you believe in, whether it be a podcast, whether it be an organization you support, whether it be a Girl Scout troop, I don't care what it is. If you've got a sticker for it, reach out to me on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, TikTok, even our email. It's all the above the bar podcast. Reach out to me. Let me know what you got going on. I'll tell you where to send the sticker to. Mail me out the sticker and you'll get some free advertisement here on the show. And if you think it's nothing, just so you're aware, we've just hit over a thousand followers on Instagram. We have 1,100 followers on Facebook. So a little bit of that goes goes a long way for us. And I just learned I, I had some education today. I have to tell you about that here in a minute, Don. On even I'm constantly learning social media, even if I think I have it understood. Yeah, I learned something today I didn't know, and I tested it, and it worked. So, but also on top of that, we got to get to our sponsors here. So let me pull up my, sometimes you lose your sponsor copy and, you know, it disappears on you. So if, if I can actually find mine, here we go here. Alrighty, folks. So our newest and latest and greatest sponsor is Budget Blinds of East Greenbush. Come and visit their, come and visit them. Check out the wide selection of window treatments, including blind shade shutters and drapes all at affordable pricing. Their friendly staff is here to help help you find the perfect window treatments to fit your style and budget. Plus to celebrate their grand opening, they are offering a special discount of 15% off of all orders. And these are in home. They come out, they look, they measure, they have their own installers. This isn't, you know, they're bringing a third party in to measure somebody else to show you stuff, or you have to go in the store and guess, well, I hope this looks good in my house. So don't miss out on this fantastic opportunity to update your home with beautiful new window treatments at a budget-friendly price. Visit them today. They can be found at budgetblinds.com backslash East Greenbush or on any of your social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or LinkedIn and uh, Instagram, 
all at Budget Blinds of East Greenbush. All right, Don. So all the house cleaning is done. All that's taken care of. It's how are you today, there, Don? Coach, I'm, Dave? F- I'm fabulous, and, and it's fa- great again I- to be on your show. And, and and I already see Miss Aurora's hanging out with us. Uh, she is she is your biggest fan. I want you to know that. She kept me in line. Good. I didn't. She doesn't even. I don't even work for her, and she kept me in line. So, Watch out! She may charge you for that for that she, service. Watch out! You may, you may get the bills in the in the mail for you. Start showing up. Yeah. So, so let me make sure I got it right. So so you've been involved in some form of counseling. You were, you were a pastor for forty five years. Retired out from that, and you've been involved in count counseling. And you came up with this concept of affordable relationship counseling. Your even your your website is affordablerelationshipcounseling.com. You said um, affordablerelationshipcoach.com. Affordable relationship coach. I don't know. Okay. Yep. Affordablerelationshipcoach.com. And for those of you that are watching the live video, you can see that scrolling along the bottom. If you're listening to the audio the next day, again, it's affordablerelationshipcoach.com. And that's your YouTube also, right? Exactly. Okay. So where did this concept even come from? Well, been doing counseling. Like I said, I, it's I, maybe I, I baptized Moses and I and I counsel some of the apostles. Maybe they go that far back. Uh, it feels that way. I'm 71 years old, and I've been doing this for 49 years. And so I tell people um, I'm not the smartest guy on the block, and uh, I don't ever challenge anybody about being smarter than anybody. But when I counsel people that are half my age or a third of my age, I tell them this: I know more than you. And I'm not bragging. I said, the only reason I know more than you about relationships is that I've worn out more pairs of shoes than you have. So you need to listen to me. That's that's all I got going for me. Right. I'm not that pretty. I'm not that smart. But I but I I have walked I've walked the earth, as they say, uh, longer. And and I've learned some stuff, made some mistakes, learned some stuff and have learned about uh, what uh, the weaknesses that we go to in human nature that all of us have. Um, The old saying is we all don't know what we don't know. And uh, if you're not committed to be a lifelong learner, especially in your relationship, then you get stuck and you start sliding backwards. So, and that's the truth. So it's just about saying, what do I need to learn? What, 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 what I don't know? Who can help me finding somebody, like I say, who's walked the earth longer than you? One of the things that I've done in my life is I always had mentors and people that I looked up to and said, okay, uh, I have a lot to learn and you got a lot to teach me. And when you have that humility in your life, you can learn stuff without spending any money. Every time I ask somebody to help me, they never said no to me. They said, come on, come on over here, young man. I'll, I'll, I'll belly up to the bar is what they said. And I'm not going to throw it to you, but you got to belly up to the bar. If you will, I'll, I'll give you everything I got. And that's been my experience. And that's what I do for people. I say belly up to the bar and let me show you what I know and then take it and use it and and, uh, and and get it figured out. Well, I, I'll tell you, it's uh, it's phenomenal what you're doing. And what are some of the challenges that you you've run into, and uh, where where people say, "Hey, I'm not interested in uh, in relationship counseling." Like you you were kind of explaining this to me before the whole coach DPs. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what what's some of the challenges you run into with men as far as counseling is concerned? Well, first off, guys are a little resistant, and um, most guys going to, on the tough cycle. I'm tough enough to handle any problem, anything. I'll push through it. I'll jump over it. I'll, you know, I'll dig around it, whatever. But they're married to 
a species that's different than them. They're married to these wonderful women and they don't see it that way. They don't do it that way. They don't push through like that. They're, they're really more aware about the real inner stuff and feelings. So guys have a hard time with the feeling stuff. They'll say to me all the time, I don't do feelings. I go, well, you're going to, you might as well stay single then because if you're going to be in a relationship, you're going to have to do it. And most of them have no idea. They were raised by uh, guys in, in the past who were, who were tough, that they went through tough times and they just worked hard and, and, and they, they, they didn't let themselves feel they couldn't do it. God. So we got a lot of guys who just think it's for sissies. And, uh, and I help them say, no real man feel. I fortunately had a dad who could cry easy. And I wondered about it. He was a big, tough German guy, fireman. He carried people down ladders, three stories and saved people ran into flames. And he, and he was, a, he was a hero. But when he talked about serious things, he, he'd cry in front of me. That was a great gift my dad gave to me. And, uh, and he helped me understand that you, you can be a feeling person and still be a man. Men can cry and not lose their masculinity. So that's the first obstacle. So that's why I, I not that I shun the counseling paradigm. I am a counselor, but my style is it's coaching. So I've been an athlete you know, when I was young and I always had coaches and admired them. And coaches would tell me, Don, you're, you know, you're a good player, but do you want to be a really good player? Yeah. Well, then start doing what I'm telling you. Stop doing what you're doing and start doing this and be, you'll be, be better. Coach. Be coachable. Coachable. So guys, respect the coaching paradigm. So that's what I do. I, I'm, I'm the Andy Griffith of the counselors. I, I'm, it's just easy. It's not hard. I don't talk in psychological words and themes and, and, and that kind of stuff. Just talking like rebelling up to the bar and having a drink and just saying, okay, here's what's going on. If you don't like the results of anything, especially in your relationship, then do something different. Then you'll get different results. That's what you have to do. It's just plain and simple. And so that's what I do. I coach people. I say, stop doing this and start doing this and you'll see different results. That's, a, that's amazing. So, so what has been, so when you retired, you, you retired out from, from your prior career, right? right. Um, what were some of the reactions that you were receiving when you were telling people, well, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> Here's what people now, some people have had counseling experience and it didn't go well. Now I'm not criticizing anybody's counseling style. Cause I, I, I don't need to do that, but right. some people's style is to, is to ask questions, have people talk, um, uh, they say, uh-huh, uh-huh. They take notes and then say the hour's up, uh, you know, send your check and we'll have another session next week. Now I'm not saying there's, there's not anything good. That's how, that's some people's style, right? It's right. not mine. So mine is, um, I, I thought oh, I got to develop something. Number one, that's affordable counseling face to face. Now we do it mostly remote like this, like this, but it's still costly. Right. 75 to $150 an hour and uh, 75 to $150 an hour to, to wow. have an hour of a face-to-face -face, uh, uh, counseling session. Most people can't afford that. So what I kept doing was having, making my, my fees affordable and just, just cutting them down as much as I can to reach as many people. Then I'd still find out, man, we're, well, I think, I think we're already in a recession. I might get in trouble saying that inflation right. recession. It's tough. After COVID, it's tough for people. So I thought, how, how can I help people who don't have any money? That's why I came up with affordablerelationshipcoach.com. It's got to be affordable. 
It's got to be about helping people with relationships, and it's in the coaching paradigm where I'm actually coaching people, okay? So um, so I, after counseling people, just like uh, doing the coaching just face-to-face, -face, I thought, how am I, I going to get those people? I'm in the last quarter of my life, uh, for sure. I'm 71. Uh, I, may, I may be – I may even be – what's that? You could double it. I mean, double Okay, <laughs> yeah. So I may even be in overtime or double overtime. I don't know, but I know I'm at least in the last quarter of my life. And I thought, okay, so what's the, what's the big splash? How can you reach as many people as possible? Well, that's when I put together this program. So what I did was I, uh, I put together 40 uh, 10 minute videos. Now everybody can watch a 10 minute video. Monkey can watch a 10 minute video, right? Absolutely. My dog can watch a 10 minute video if you give him a biscuit, right? So, so, uh, so it's easy. Now guys can handle it. And, and it's just like we're talking right now. It's just, it's just plain stuff. And uh, so they watch the video. Then I give them a, 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 have a PDF well over the PDF with questions for them to have dialogue, not just discussions, but a dialogue where you say this and I listen and I go, well, Sean, is this what you said? I mean, teach, learn how to get a dialogue, ask questions, you know, continue to ask, make sure you're getting what a person is saying. I teach them how to do that because most people don't, don't know how to dialogue. Okay. And, and so there it is now. Uh, they can have access to the videos, watch the videos as many times as they want. They can watch the videos just before the earth ends. I mean, you can watch them every day if you want to. So they have total access to go back, review, keep talking. And they can then also, if they want to, like every once in a while, get a session with me. They can save up some money and do that. Or they can never, never get a session with me. So now it's the pricing is uh, if you did one a week, uh, at 40 videos, it's less than seven bucks a week. Now that's, that's not, that's, that's saying I'm going to drink one less Starbucks coffee. That means I'm going to drink, drink two beers less and you got it covered. It's affordable relationistcoach.com. Well, and, you know what though, Don, you, 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 uh, I'm hearing what you're saying. And one of the interesting things that I'm kind of taking from this is, as you're talking is, and you've said it, you know, you're in, you're in your final quarter. You and I know a guy named Methuselah. He he lasted like a long, a long time, a long time, like yeah. nine hundred years. So I right. mean, there's yeah. an option there. Yeah. But um, you know, you you're bringing this up, but you you're kind of touching on something. I I just had this conversation. And I want to see if if you're approaching this the same way. I had somebody. Um, I started my own business recently, uh, really working hard, and a guy said, "Well." I've done this and I've done that. And it was, a and I made mistakes. And I said, that's good to hear. He goes, why? I said, you've already made the mistake. I don't want to make that mistake. Is that your approach as a coach from that coaching standpoint? Like, Hey, I've already seen for 49 years, this mistake. Here's how you stop making it. Here's how we can change that. Right. Exactly. Now. So after 49 years of doing this, I put together an evaluation tool. That's easy for everybody to do. And so what I do is I say, okay, now, there's, I have nine relational building blocks, trust, commitment, conflict management, core values, communication, common goals, finances, children, bonding, and those things make up good relationships. So I just have them rate those things on a scale of zero to 10, zero being the worst and 10 being the best. I don't now, they value it. Is, is that what we're saying? Like how they value that? What they do is they say, how are these how are these building blocks working in our relationship? Do we have good trust? Do we have good commitment? Do we have good core value? Do we have the same core values and commitments? 
the core about core beliefs and values is something that's really we didn't used to have to talk about this back in the, the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s because we had them our our culture kind of had them and most people whether they were faith-based or not we just had this sense of what was right and wrong and we did it for the most part but now it is it's different it is scrambled it is confused and and it and it's, and it's a little crazy so um some people the relationship isn't working because they actually believe deeply believe different things that keep them getting close. So I help them with all that. And uh, so those are things that, that nobody helps them with. We didn't have to used to do that before. Uh, so uh, the, the problem isn't, it's not just, it's not just marrying the right person. It's being the right partner. I agree with that. And so we gotta, we gotta come in with something. We gotta bring something in. Everybody's got to, to, to uh, they say, uh, Andy up, you know, I'd say belly up to the bar. You got to bring something to this thing. You got to show up. That's you, right. You, so you yeah. part, part of it. And it's so, you, you know, you, you, you bringing up a lot of things. So I I've gone through relationship counseling before, and then I've talked to people as they tell me they're going to start relationship counseling. And I'm like, no, that doesn't make any sense right now. And folks, if you're watching uh, Don and I, again, it's affordablerelationshipcoach.com. His YouTube is the same thing. That Those of you that are watching us live, if you have questions for Don, something that you're curious about, either Don's approach or you have a relationship question, shoot them over to us right now. We're live. You can ask questions. This is a real live video. <laughs> you can ask Don stuff right now. But now, one of the things I... I always am interested in when I hear people talk about relationship uh, counseling and this type of stuff is when I hear people that are just dating, you're just dating and you're already talking about, well, well, we're going to counseling. We're going to go to relationship counseling. We're only dating. In my mind, instantaneously, I'm like, if it's a dude, I'm like, run for the hills, get away from her as fast as you can. And if it's a young lady that's saying it to me, I look at her and I go, if you're already this concerned and you've been dating and you need relationship counseling, they're probably not the right person. That's my approach to it. What's your thoughts on that, Don? I, I like to catch people before they start getting serious or they've, they've done some things that are defining that it's serious. What I do is I like to catch. I, I mean, I, I'm glad to help people. They're in trouble because we all get in trouble. That's OK. Yeah. But but it's you know, it's. When they're in trouble, you gotta you gotta uh, pat down the, the the flames off their body and 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 pick up the ashes, right? When you, so, so they're not they're not on fire, right? But I'd like to get somebody when they start saying, "Hey, you know what? Does this thing have a future? I, I mean, are we are we gonna end up heading toward being serious?" That's when I like to catch them because then I, I present these things as, "Okay, now start evaluating your relationship on the same stuff I'm giving the people that are in trouble." Okay. And that way they have a chance to begin to, to see whether this thing has a chance or not. Now, one of the problems that we've got is we, we have a society now that doesn't support long-term relationships like it used to. When I was a kid growing up in the 50s, I, we didn't, I didn't know anybody who had divorced parents. We, it, it, it probably happened somewhere, but it wasn't a part of our society. That's why people from that, my, that age group I mean, we were married for 50 years. Easy, right? The average marriage right now lasts eight years in our country, the United States. Right. Okay, 52% of marriages don't work, whether they're faith-based or not. It has has no difference at all. Years ago, the faith-based people had, a, had an edge on it. We don't. 
we just don't. I mean, a lot of things, right? So lots of things are converging right now. And so here's what happens. Good relationships start with friendships. And then what happens is the romance, the, the drug of romance takes over and the friendship is put aside. And now it's just let's let's have as much fun with our hormone hormones as we can. I'm against, I'm not against any of that stuff. It's drug like it's it's intoxicating. Look, so here's what so that but but it, but romance can't carry the weight of real life. No. Okay. All right. Friendship can. And so now they they get they get together, live together or get married and or right. And now they're in the romance stage and that 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 changes. Mature love is different than than the the, the hot early love, but <laughs> and that's just the way you life know. is, right? And they find out that they didn't let the friendship build strong. So when this romantic stuff came in, it it, it doesn't just throw them, throw them off. So we we have a society now that people can be together for years, and I'll meet them and they, they go, oh, I know everything about my partner. Really good. Uh, I mean, we've been together for three years. I mean, we know each other so well. And then I start asking some questions and I find out, they know nothing about the person. I asked, how could you be together for three years and not know it? Why? Because they live, we live in an entertainment society. They've been together being entertained together, but they haven't become friends for three years. There's a whole different life. So when my parents were recording, they sat on somebody's front porch, mom or dad's front porch, and they drank lemonade and they talked. They wrote letters to each other. Then they reread them to each other. And they actually, there was no... 20 foot movie screen. There wasn't, you know, I mean, they, they just talked right. And they made a friendship. That's why they lasted for 50 years. That makes, we sense. don't have a side like that. That, That's that makes sense. See, that makes, so, so you would say, and you've got a couple of questions popping up here. Okay. You would say that relation, you know, premarital counseling, you're, you see a value in it that. Yeah. I see a value in it that stop calling it premarital counseling. Just call it, uh, I, are we ready? Is this a person I should be getting serious with? Should I mean, or you are not counseling. Okay, here's what happens. So people, they, they friends, they they get the romance thing going. They tell everybody they're going to get married. They put a ring on somebody's finger. They they send out the the, the, the invitations, and 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 now, so now they go to premarital counsel. They come to me and say, "Hey, help us do premarital counsel before we get married." Great. I said, uh, "They said we're getting married next month." I go, "Oh, really? Well." Now, here's the thing. So maybe I could cram some of this in for you, but let, let me ask you a question. No matter what happens in the, quote, premarital counseling, are you still going to get married no matter what you find out? Yeah, I go, what, what, why are we doing this? Yeah, what so the hell are we doing here? Push that away because it's, it's a, it sounds like a, it's a nice phrase, but it, it messes this up because they're going to get married no matter what. The, I mean, the, yeah. the candle is lit. You know, the rock is getting ready to go. They, they feel committed to, committed to the act. Yeah, that's right. They're stuck and it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, the nuclear weapon has been, the button has been pushed and it's all the way over to Russia. And you can't call it back. Right. Don't want to lose, don't want to lose face. They're more yeah. concerned about losing face. Now, that, that, you, that, that is a big thing, Sean. People tell, tell me, well, man, if, if we didn't do this, we sent out invitations. Um, I, I'd die of embarrassment. And this is my response to everybody. I said, listen, you need to go to the hospital and talk to all the nurses and doctors and find out if anybody ever died of embarrassment. There's no death certificate that's signed died of embarrassment. embarrassment. Said, forget about what people think. Call this thing off and run like a thief because yeah. you're not ready. Yeah. You know what? I get it completely. And, and look, 
my good friend Nate. Nate, I'm gonna tell you, my beard's looking good. My barber Mike uh, tightened me up nice Look today. Good. Yeah, but, but I'm gonna tell you, Don's beard has got me today. There's not ah, many, there's not out. many people that that I will say you know their beards looking better than mine because I take good care of myself here. But uh, Don's beard's looking on point. I feel like if you can't get the skunk like I got going on, Don, <laughs> you can have the all. You got the all white. Like even if you knew nothing, Don, I would. Like to hear hey, listen, I, I got tidied up for you, man. I went to the barber shop today, and I mean, I'm I'm spruced up for you. You're 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 important guy. So I I did all this stuff for you. I even well, smell I, good. You can't smell me. I, I smell a vision. <laughs> I was telling my here. We're gonna make a left turn for a minute. I was telling uh, somebody recently. I still remember you used to be able to go to 7-Eleven. Do you remember this? And I don't, maybe I don't know what it was wherever. Where are you at, Don? I'm in Southern California in the desert. Okay. Uh, okay. The land, you are really in the land that God forgot. <laughs> Southern California. So 29 Palms, you in the stumps? No, I'm not that far out. Um, I'm just just before we about I'm about 50 miles from Palm Springs. Okay. Yeah. But do you remember? And maybe they did it out in Cali. I don't know. We used to have it in, back in Maryland. They would have like um, King Kong would be on or uh, one of those shows, and you would go to the Seven Eleven, and they would have you could pick up three D glasses and a scratch and sniff board. Yep. Yeah. And and you would put the glasses on. Yeah. Yeah. They nothing was ever three D. Yeah, that's right. And, and they would flash something on the screen, and you had to scratch it, and it would yeah. Yeah. Like a burnt tire or something yeah. like it. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, uh huh. Of course. Yeah. Whatever happened? Like, see that that's the shit that like Netflix needs to bring that back. <laughs> you have, you know, the boss lady has a question for you. Okay. Uh, Aurora would like to know, and maybe she's getting away with it, uh, because I've got you here. She she can ask questions that maybe she couldn't ask on her own. Have you ever cried during a session? Absolutely. Absolutely. What, what makes I, what what gets you in the feels then, Don? That that where you're like man, I, I'm, I'm feeling for this person at this point. In the, in the faith-based world, we talk about being wounded healers. And so you can't help heal somebody unless you, you, you had pain and bled. And so uh, that's what connects us. That's, that's the road to being a good relationship coach. Uh, you you got you to gotta lead with your own pain. And I relate to people's pain. I've made mistakes too. And, uh, and so, um, that's where it gets people is when you, you say, man, I, I bled there. And, and, and when you share it with someone, tears come because I told you, that's the gift my dad gave me. Don't hold it back. Don't suck it up. Guys have been sucking up for too long and, and they need to break free because it, it hurts them to not feel, feel pain and share it with people. Their wives and their partners are looking for them to 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 let that happen guys believe that if they show emotion that their woman won't respect them and i tell them the exact opposite of true and they're sitting right there and i said listen they they you show that to them and they'll trust you because they know that you're you you, you have a heart to lead them with and guys will tell me well if i do that my wife won't have anything to do with me because she won't consider me a man i'll say listen you, you cry and share your feelings and get in touch with that. You won't be able to keep her hands off you because that's, that's what they're, they They love that. And that, that's the key to it. The guys think being tough is the key to it. It's not. Well, you know, you bring up a great point though, Don. And I wonder, 
and, and maybe you can help. And and we've had some other folks uh, on here that focus on men's counseling. And it sounds like that's a pretty heavy for you is, is the men's is. counseling side. Um, how do you get men to understand? Because I'm going to tell you, you know, I did 20 years in the Marine Corps. I have cried with my brothers before. Mm-hmm. And I promise you there ain't many of us, it, especially if we're we're in a group, you may not want to run your suck. You know, we're, we'll, we'll go ahead and, and show yeah. you what your teeth taste like. Yeah. But but at the same time, we've all cried with each other. We've all held each other in some really tough times and the best times in our lives. But that's really a there. There's this shift, though, where the other side to it is, is unless you've done that world where I'm talking about my service world, unless you've been in that world, I think a lot of guys feel that part of society now is forcing them into rompers and, you know, things that, you know, wearing a beard, you know, I wear a beard because I shaved for 20 years and I'm, That's right. I'm getting it back. <laughs> yep. You know, they look, they dress like they want to be a lumberjack, but if I handed them an ax, they would go, what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. They don't know how to change a spark plug because, yeah. and there's not a man in their lives to teach them how to do that because Absolutely. they've been told, it's how do how do you balance that to make a man in in what you're doing understand that like there is a difference between crying and hey you still need to be a be an adult man and provide okay so this is my my saying that i coined many many years ago some 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 people probably stole it already but it's mine okay was that you know i don't that's a mine, damn, it's mine. <laughs> we what we have today is a lot of boys walking around in men's bodies. Now, I'm not criticizing those guys. Here's what's happened. The hormones develop their physical bodies. That just happens naturally. And they throw a few weights along the way, right? And a few steroids here and there, right? But, but young men aren't developed. They're boys in men's bodies because the men in their life, their, their dads, their grandpas, their uncles, uh, coaches, uh, older men, un- uh, uh, older brothers showed up and looked at him and said, okay, now listen, this is what it means to be a man, and I'm going to help you understand and initiate in- you into manhood. Not crazy things like going out and killing something. Now, right. I don't have any problem with killing something, but, you know, there's, you know, you know as a Marine, um, you, you lose a part of your soul when you, when you, when you kill another person. We, you have to do it. This is the way life is, right? We get run over. So, so guys, uh, they're, they're not developed. Again, our society. So we've done great studies now on men, in, not in jail, but in prison. And the, and, the, and the thread that goes through all these guys' lives are absentee dads, whether the dads got 100%. kicked out, were drunk, whatever. Absentee dad didn't ever had them. And this is the common thread where guys are doing hard time or lifetime, okay? So uh, that's, that's the thing that we need to recover. So how do you do that? I tell guys, listen, there are good men all around. You find a good man and you watch him and you go up to him and say, sir, nobody helped me develop me. I'm watching you. You're a real man. Could you, could you let me in your life? Could you do that? Now I, listen, I did that along the way. I had mentors all through, all through my life. And you know what, Sean, no one ever told me no when I asked him, Hundred percent. mentioned me. My dad died uh, at fifty-four, cancer, and so he became my best friend. And then I lost him 
and we were, we were both grown men. And I found I found other men, and I walked up and said, "I still I still need an older man in my life." My last mentor spent 25 years with me before he died. That Don, you hit the nail on the head. That I, I can't tell you how many times I've talked about that. This is my conspiracy theory, and I, I'll I'll stand on my head with it. That it is a absolute process that the government has gone through to break down the nuclear family and they want to destroy the nuclear family because it causes people to be uh, subservient to government subsidies and government processes. I, I don't care what anyone says, go look at the numbers you just talked about. Hey, in the fifties and sixties, we didn't have this problem. If you look at it, if you look at the education system, and we had more trades in schools during those times also where that's people right. that's right that's yeah. right they were skills that whether the economy crashed or not they were skills that were going to continue on and you could always get a job with right. they destroyed that nuclear family and my my own father which we talked about a little bit before the show I was very close with my dad after I got into the service after mm-hmm. I was a marine but prior to that my old man wasn't around from age 11 to about 17, 18. He had, you know, cocaine wasn't addictive in the 80s. That's, that's right. Yeah. It wasn't addictive in the yeah. 80s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, my old man wasn't around, but I found, like, I have an uncle who's eight years older than me. He was still just a kid, but he showed me what it meant to take care of a family. My best friend growing up, Jamie, uh, him and his brother, Larry, and their sister, uh, they, their dad, Mr. Larry, always, I was welcome at their home and I saw him raising a family and I saw him. So those are where my male role models came from. Mm-hmm. It wasn't till later on in my life that my father, you know, had kind of got his shit together and for lack of a better and showed me what it meant to be a man in a different way. But I will always tell folks, my father never raised a hand to me. Never, never raised hand to me and always when he was alive, as I got older, provided me with advice that even if I didn't listen, I look back now and I go, son of a gun, I should have listened. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, oh my gosh. Right. Uh, Oh, God. Think about where I would be financially if I had to listen to that man. But but I'm with you, Don. And, And so so as you're moving along in these counseling sessions with folks and you're talking to them. I know we've kind of focused on the male side to it because I think we struggle with counseling. And I love the fact that you go by coach D now and, and kind of, we, we approach coaches in a, in that fatherly figure way. Right. right. Um, I, I think a Deion Sanders is a coach right now. I don't think Colorado is ever going to do anything as a college program because he's going to Colorado. Yeah. But I think his approach as a coach mm-hmm. and a mentor and a fatherly figure mm-hmm there's not one better at yep. it, it, in that, those programs. But the other side to it is there are, there's somebody else in, in these relationships uh, there, whether it be male or female. And I'm going to ask this question. You can say, I don't know, but do you have any, do you counsel same sex couples? I do. Okay. Now it's tricky, right? Because we're used to traditionally, uh, uh, the the female side is a female, okay? Right. 
So, all right. So uh, now this is this is just what you, you have to shift. So people say to me, as a pastor, why why would you counsel people that aren't people of faith? Why would you counsel people saying sex? Here's the reason why. If you're in a relationship, you're in a relationship, no matter how that thing is, is, is spelling out, whether it's the traditional more under the traditional traditional mores we've had in our society for so long, everybody needs help. And so I don't decide, I don't decide who I help or not. I help people who come to me and say I need help. And I give them all the best help I can. And that I, I'm not following what the government is telling me to do. I'm not following what what uh, some religious uh, uh, group has given a rule that you can't touch this. Jesus, uh, the, the, the Jews said, you can't, you can't touch lepers. Jesus walked up to the lepers and put his hands on them and healed them. And then he did it on the Sabbath on top of it. All. That was, it was, a, it was a, you know, a combination punch. And they were all over him. He said, the sick need the doctor, not the well. I didn't come for well people. You guys think you're well, you're not. You're awful. These people know they're sick and they need help. So when people ask for help in a relationship, I'm going to help them do it. I, I just, there's, there's just, I don't look at it any other way than that. We're all human beings, faith-based, not whatever. And uh, again, we don't know what we don't know. And uh, so uh, pass it along, give it to somebody, let them, let them put it in their situation. And then if it helps them, fabulous. I, I'm, I'm just not the judge. Uh, I, um, we become judges of people, and, and which means, which means, oops. you had to get applause for that. Though. Oh, you're so nice. It sounded like air going out of a tire. That's what was worrying me. I thought maybe I was going flat or something. You know, the other thing that's hurt us with this. Yeah, the other thing that's hurt us is the educational thing. I've gone to college, got the degrees, the whole thing. Then, but here's what's happened. I was the first person in my family to go to college. Okay. And, and that happened in, in my era a lot. Why? Because we didn't equate getting a degree with being intelligent or having a work ethic. So there's an old saying, you can have a whole lot of, lot of degrees, but have no temperature. That, you're supposed to laugh at that, okay? I, I joke, get that. Right? No, I had to think of I, <laughs> I, I, I get that one completely. I, I like it. Yeah, so please. There we go. There we go. That we did the floor pump. Okay. So, so that's what's happened. So we, um, we said everybody's supposed to go to college, right? And now, so the government stepped in and said, guess what? We're going to loan this money to you. And, and um, I took a stand of being a, um, a campus pastor in a Christian university for a few years. It was a great experience. And uh, I, I developed with another, another um, person on, on the staff at this college that we called a, a first year experience. We had took picked 50 students, and we found out these students that were not ready for college. In fact, we found out that most of them shouldn't even be there. Somebody was borrowing money and wasting it, okay? And, and so the, the college thing, I'm not putting down higher education. I have it myself. Right, same. But it didn't make, didn't make me smart or a man. It, 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 it educated me on some, some level that I was looking for, but not everybody's supposed to be there. And yeah. so we pushed it. Now we got everybody. Now we have students who um, it'll take them 20 years to pay off their college education. And many of them don't use the degree that they owe money on. OK, now. Now, you want to talk about conspiracy? I'm going to tell you something. Who's making the money on that? OK, government. Big, and big brother. Right. And 
and it gets, it's ruined it. Now we got students that owe money. Now they're hoping Uncle Joe is gonna gonna give it back, which is tax dollars. I'm not sure it was even legal to do that, right? Yeah, I mean, we've right. ruined people's lives with this college thing. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I I was 37 when I got my degree. Wow, good and, for you. And I love my love my mother to death. She is. I wouldn't be in this world if if the she wouldn't have done the things and made the sacrifices. But I always think back to, uh, I took my SATs. I was never going to go to college out of high school. I was always going to join the Marine Corps, but I took my SATs. I wanted to see what I got. And, uh, I couldn't even tell you what it was. I didn't study (laughs) for it. I didn't do any of those things. And, uh, we were sitting, it might've been my mother's 60th birthday. And we're at my aunt's house house. And I said something and my mother goes, you weren't college material. And I went, I looked at her and I went, I have a, I graduated uh, cum laude, summa cum laude, and I have a bachelor's degree in human resource management. How dare you? She was like, listen to me, <laughs> my child, I know you look dot. I mean, the whole college push college to everyone mm-hmm. is that whole thing is that's a whole nother show because we can talk about right. that all these high it, and it goes to the high schools in the state level because high school from my experience in recruiting high schools get rated by how many kids go off to college that's right that's, that's right. where the federal funding comes that's right from. that's right and they have to push these kids so they keep guys like me out of their schools until no child left behind and then they were all like oh my god you're forcing this on them and yeah listen to me they need this and we you know and look I'll be the first to tell you that military recruiting preys on the uh, impoverished because one of the things we would always talk to kids about, like, look, you can learn a trade. You'll have a job when you come out and college money. We preyed on the impoverished. It's just the way the system is put together. It doesn't suck. Yeah, it's no way it is. But what are you seeing any of these? So in your experiences in in California and there's a lot of bases out there. There's a lot of out there, um, especially on the coastal sides. Are you seeing any of them coming to you prior service guys coming to you looking for relationship counseling? And if so, is there any difference in what their needs are than maybe, you know, the guy who went to college and, you know, his biggest trauma was that his beer bong broke. Yeah. (laughs) You know, what are you seeing as far as that? Well, I, I see it all the time. I mean, I uh, I also uh, still uh, marry people. I have a wedding wedding service, and so um, and a lot of service because we got um, um, down south in near San Diego. I'm sorry, I can't remember the the, the marine base there. And then we have marine a thousand Pendleton, Pendleton, yeah. right? Yep. And so, man, I get these guys calling and and uh, and I spend a little time with them, and and they're. You know this, and I'm not saying this as a criticism. They're they're lost because hundred percent. They now listen. I I listened to Marine uh, Sergeant Major testifying for Congress the other day. And they're asking, well, "What's going on? What's the answers?" Blah blah blah. And this Marine had this had this strong jaw, and he said, "Sir, he said, I want to tell you something. It's all solved by patriotism. Yep. And 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 people don't love our country anymore." And he said, "The Marines aren't changing." And uh, and we do this for a certain reason. We give our life. Now, I love all that. I'm a patriot, and and I love all that. But coming back home, 
getting out of the war zone, getting out of the out of the system that you're 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 the tip of the of the spear, and and you're putting your life on the line. You come back to a society that doesn't honor men who have who have code and honor and patriotism, and 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 they lose something. They they say, oh my gosh, I I give myself to this, and now I'm back in a society that not only they don't respect me, they almost despise me because I I know how to stand up and say, I'll, I'll, I'll stay behind my weapon and I'll protect my country and everybody in it. They're lost in our society. It started with the Vietnam vets coming home, being spit on in the, air, in the airports. I mean, it's, it's a long, a lot of years now. And so we, our country's let them down. We, we have homeless vets on the street, should oh, never be. Crazy. We, we, we haven't taken care of them medically. Uh, we, we give them drugs and they sit with their with their service revolvers and a, a bottle of Jack Bean and five uh, pills from the from the VA hospital, and they shoot themselves every day. Twenty, twenty-two. Twenty-two. Talk about it every day, okay. every Wednesday. It probably comes up. We lose twenty-two veterans. Right. That's right. I was I was at a uh, fundraiser for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention over the weekend. It was a it was a drag show. You yeah. Should've, you could have come down. It was called drag. <laughs> it was uh called drag out the stigma and it was about wow. it was called about suicide and um you're absolutely right well you know the new thing that society has created is uh we we would never get upset at a veteran but we'll say thank you for your service yeah oh my, man what a line right right thank you for your service yeah, yeah. and it makes people it, it doesn't do anything the service member feels like oh thank you i appreciate it let, let, from a guy who says it deals with it every day we go, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. But it just really makes you feel good that you said it to me. Yeah, that's right. It's, it was for me, not for you. That's like, right. You don't know what to say to me. You don't know what to say to me. And, and, it, and it goes back to, and we, we're getting ready to close the bar up here, but this is a, a great topic from a counseling standpoint. So many of us as service members, when we come home, we may have been separated from our, we go, we leave as one person. Mm-hmm. and come back as another i never saw combat combat i was never in combat in that way i spent of my 20 years i always jokingly say my insurgent were parents i had to explain i had two hours to explain why the 18 years of the teaching that you gave your child was absolutely wrong yeah. and many times I started doing that when I was 27. I was only a few years, you know, I was only a few years older than these kids. Yeah. And I had to explain to them why everything they've done in their life was going to be completely wrong and they should go to boot camp. Yeah. And we come home and we have to now interact with relationships that we want, children that we want, people that we want in our lives and we don't know how to do it anymore. Yeah. What are some of the approaches that you've had with, with those type of folks? Well, the first thing is when they're getting in relationships, these, these gals have no idea what PTSD is. They don't, they don't understand how their soul. Uh, I would say as a counselor, their soul has holes punched in it and, and, and they're, they, they're just suffering so bad. We, we can patch up the holes on the outside, right? And do the operations, but the soul and I'm not just talking about it in a religious way. I'm just talking about a soul as the inner being of someone. Okay, whether you believe in anything or not, and and they're and they they walk around 
a little zombie-ish. And so the gals need help to understand how you, how you love a man back to, to and heal his soul uh, because he, he'll just stare at you and, uh, and you look at his eyes and, and, and there, it's like nobody's there. This is, this is the malaise that's happened. And then, see, they, we go send them out to fight guys who uh, they want to die because they're promised some great reward, okay? And so our guys go to fight for their country, but they're all think, always thinking, I'm fighting so I can get back to kiss my girlfriend and eat apple pie. We're not look, they're not looking no. yep. to die. So our, our, thing, our thing is different. And so the, the trauma that they come back with fighting people with a fierceness that they're ready to die right now. They're, they're willing to just kill one person of the, of the enemy. And that's all they need to do to accomplish to get to their Nirvana later on. Right. Where our guys uh, are matched up in such a different kind of war that um, it, it scrambles them. So here we've got guys. So I coached a little basketball uh, in my day in high school level. And, and, and we were playing the Marine boys out at, at, at uh, 29 Palms and, and they would rough us up. Okay? <laughs> and so, cause, cause their dads would come home and whoop them all the time. Right. So they, they ate rocks for lunch. Right. <laughs> and so I said, that I, I was assistant coach. I said to their coaches, let's line our guys up in the baseline and let's ask them if they've ever been in a fist fight and hit somebody in the face and felt the nose break and somebody hit them. And I said, let's just find out. We lined them up on the baseline. Any of you really been in a fist fight in your life? Nobody moved off the line. I looked at the coach. I said, they're going to kill us. Now, here's what we do. We send men out who've been playing video games, and they've never been in a fist fight, and now they're out in harm's way, and their buddies are getting blown up beside them. And that's why the PTS thing is not a joke. We, they're, they, they haven't even been in a fist fight, Sean. Don, I remember I, I've been recruiting since 2001. You know. And I used to say, it's funny you would use that. I can't tell you how many times my kids would stand in front of me and I would go, how many of y'all ever been punched in the face? Yeah. How many of y'all have ever felt your own blood yeah. come down your nose? Yeah. I can still remember the first time it happened to me and I, I whined like a bitch. Oh man. <laughs> like, Oh my God. Like it was all over me. Yeah. And I was like, how many of y'all been punched in the face like that? And they, I bet you, and this was Oh one. Most of them were like, no. I'm like, you ever been in a fight in school? And this was in Pennsylvania. And they were like, absolutely not. I'm like, why? They're like, oh, they call the police and you get a disorderly conduct charge yeah. I, from the police in yeah. school. I'm like, I got suspended. <laughs> and, and most times it was suspended for the day. My mother had to come to school and, and talk to somebody. It, it's, it, it's a different, it goes back to that saying of, Hard men make make tough times. Tough men make soft times. Yeah. Soft men make hard times. That's right. I honestly and truthfully believe we are about to see soft times. Uh, and 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 I don't take. But now I will also throw this out. And I know we've made kind of a left turn. And we're going to bring it back here in a moment. But I also tell everyone this: we've always been told the greatest generation that we've known was the Second World War generation. That's all we've been told. Right. I'm going to change your mindset in, in a moment here, Don. You ready? Mm -hmm. You actually are living through and seeing the greatest generation, which is your current 
active service members. Cause here's why never in the history of our planet, not us, not North America in the history of the planet has a all volunteer military force fought a war. And we're not talking about at this point in our lives, we're not talking about a war that just started yesterday. Remember, this is March of 2002 is is when it ended. But September 11th, 2001, we, we start right after that. We made no holds barred. and We went after them. Mm-hmm. So you're talking over 20 years. Right. We've been involved in this and putting that in perspective for people. This is still a all every one of these kids has known yeah. it. Yeah. I have kids that I put in the Marine Corps that are now start, you know, have started to be able to retire over the last few years. And this is all they've ever known. It is a different animal. Yeah. Uh, so I always tell people when they're like, that's the greatest generation. Actually, millennials, that millennial generation, it's crazy. If you look into them, they actually have no respect for their parents in the sense that their parents didn't want to fight the Vietnam War. And they're actually their respect is for their grandparents. Right. And their grandparents who fought in Korea and the Second World War. That's why they are the way they are and are willing to fight today so mm-hmm. anytime somebody's like these kids are shitty they're they're horrible i'm like mm, you have no idea yeah. that kid walks is willing to walk into that recruiting office and go i'm willing to join yeah yeah while you sit behind while you watch your fox news yeah, that's, or your CNN yeah, that's and, right and your msnbc and bitch yeah, yeah. so i, I want to get back to you though don that was my my high horse for a i love it thanks for sharing it i love you you're running it on you really are um but, but again, affordablerelationshipcoach.com, um, there's 40 videos. Right. And if somebody want, wants to find out more, they can go to the website. They can go to YouTube and see the videos. Right. They can set up a time to talk to you. Right. Uh, anything that they should know while, when setting up a time to talk to you? It's on the website. Everything's, uh, everything you need to know is on the website. How to, how to, pur- how to, to get access to the videos, to pay the pay. We have an easy pay plan, plan to do it. You can spread out the payments and start watching them and they can do it all on their own or they can connect with me. The thing on the website says you want a session with Don, hit this. You're going to get a roar. She's going to be managing that like she managed you. And uh, so, and, and it, and it just, it just flies. Uh, it just works that way. Uh, so it's, it's really easy. And the YouTube channel has some excerpts from some of the videos. And then I've done some one minute shorts just to do some, just a quick one minute thing on a, on an idea. So they could get to know me and, and, and you know, I'm, I, I'm a little funny every once in a while. So they know I'm just a real guy, just a regular guy. And uh, the Andy Griffith of counseling and it's and it's just easy. You don't have to learn a new language. You don't have to have any gr- degree. Uh, it's affordable. It's for people to get help. And even that they can save some money for me to be a part of it, that they can get this program and it will help them. It will be some help that they're not getting, nobody's doing it this way. I've checked around and not doing it the way I've just done it. And uh, so thanks so much for letting me say this to folks and, and I'll, uh, I'll be letting you know what, uh, what my time on your great program has, has helped me with. I really I, appreciate it. I, I can't wait to hear. I mean, your, your approach, Don, I, I have to say, you know, 
Yeah, I appreciate you being here and everything. And I ain't trying to, you know, toot your horn with a good beard and everything. But, uh, you know, I mean, you make me kind of. Hey, listen, you, listen, you're a young man. I, I'm i 71. You're probably like 28 or something. So, no, God. One ways to go, man. Oh, it's great, Don. We can count. Yeah, okay. All right. Sit there. I mean, <laughs> look, I, I, I'm, I'll be 47. Uh, I may, look, Aurora's already got you. She's already rebooking you. We'll talk about it. Maybe see, she's already managing you, man. She's managing me. Around. Look, Aurora, I'm pushing out to November I, right now, like my guess. But uh, look, folks, go check out what Don's got going on. Again, it's affordablerelationshipcoach.com. YouTube is the exact same name. Go see what he's got going on. See what he's got happening. Be careful. Aurora may end up uh, putting you in an arm bar and making you watch every all 40 videos. Uh, so be careful there. But but it's a it's a real honest approach to counseling. And, and look, if you're stuck on the faith based thing, um, I heard this the other day and it kind of caught me off guard. And I was like, well, doesn't that make sense. Remember, heretics in life, most times people call somebody a heretic is because they preach love and acceptance of others. And there was a guy about. 2000 years ago, they did that and they stuck him on a uh, cross and we've all been, been following his that's, guidance. That's right. ever since that's then. Right. So think about that before you all get like, Oh, it's faith based. Oh, better yeah. than that. You can't serve love on a platter of hate. So it's it, love, win, love wins, Sean. Love Every wins. time. Yeah. And look, folks, if you're finding, finding me through Don, make sure you, you take a moment. You follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, TikTok, it's all the Above the Bar podcast. Even our email is above the bar podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you're reach, reaching out to us that way. If you've got a sticker for sticker and a cause, please let us know. Don't forget our sponsors at Budget Blinds of East Greenbush. They're giving a 15% discount if on uh, your order. If you're if you go ahead and order blinds through them, reach out to everyone and, and look. Going on to all these different sites, like going into Apple or Spotify and giving a five-star rating, it may sound cliche, like it's what your kids' shows all tell you, but that's how you find Don. That's how the algorithm works and pushes for you to say, oh, well, this show is getting a bunch of five-star ratings. It puts it on the suggestion. People watch it. That's how Don gets found out about. That's how this show gets found out about and how everyone gets found out about. Next week, uh, we have a lady named Pepper Ann, Ann coming on. She's from California also, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And she is the, I can't remember if she was the sister or the cousin. It's escaping me right now of a guy who was like a bank robber, but it was like this whole entire family thing. And she wrote a book. I cannot wait to hear about it because those are the kind of things that absolutely always get me where I'm like, Don, I'm like, your family did what? <laughs> yeah. And they're always like, and they all, and to me, whenever I listen to those, it's always like, well, I'm the innocent one. And then you hear about it and you're like, wait a sec. Mm -hmm. Also, if you're a big football fan, I got to give a big shout out to Nate. Uh, mark this on your calendar. I don't do a lot of Saturdays, but August 5th, we are going to have former Baltimore Raven, uh, Marquise Ogden, wow. brother of Jonathan Ogden on the show. And uh, some of you might think this is a little odd, but I love it. Her name is Irma. Irma Lewis, who is Jermaine Lewis, former Baltimore Ravens wife on 
We're going to be talking about the upcoming season. And I can't wait to talk to Irma about what that transition from an NFL life to, you know, a civilian regular life is going to be like. Now, now I know at this point, Don, you have listened to all 170 some odd episodes of the show. You've got them all memorized and transcribed and everything. And don't log off after this. But we have one, you know, the one last thing that has to happen at the end of all the shows, which is the guest always gets the final word. So, Don, what's the final word? The final word is there's help for everybody. No mistake is final. Start doing different things and see different results in your life. You can do it. Go for it. Alrighty, folks, be sure to push your stool in. This has been an Earplug Podcast presentation found on EarplugPodcast.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found.